What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. This is episode 10 of Turn on the Jets Digital Presents Draft Season, year six. I am your moderator, D.A. Osario, joined by the rest of the four horsemen of the draft apocalypse, James Koontz, Joseph Bellick, and Michael Megan. Fellas, how are you doing? Happy Sunday. Happy kickoff to the beginning of Pisces season. My sister will be thrilled about that. Uh, happy belated birthday to Meeks. Uh, how are you guys feeling as we embark on our first group mock draft with this episode? How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, DA. Pump for this mock, man. James, are you are you still are you living and enjoying the Chicago winter, man? Are you doing are you doing all right with it? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely making me a stronger person. I'm excited to get <laughs> back to New York, though. And Meeks, how are you, man? Feeling good? Just excited for some nice arguments in the war room today with the boys. That's it. That's it. And and you know what, man? I it's it's been brutal weather-wise also in DC. So I'm with you in spirit, James. And one of the things that I learned in the blizzard of 96 in New York is that it builds character. Things like this build character. So you have being a Jets fan on one hand and going through terrible weather, it really builds character. Um, so guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. What we're going to do, it is the first time that we're doing this. We are going to do a group mock draft. And I'm gonna set the table. The New York Jets armed with the most cap space, the second most cap space in the NFL. Now that we've seen the league set the cap number, uh, the Jets are projected to have anywhere between 69 million and 85 million, depending on some cuts. Um, Henry Anderson is probably going to be one of the cuts. Jamison Crowder, who we've seen a lot of talk about, maybe one of the cuts. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Greg Van Rowen, George Fan, maybe one of the cuts. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Jets do to create even more space, especially if they have to fit a certain franchise quarterback under the cap going forward. But in this mock draft, no Deshaun Watson. That has not happened. We're not going to talk about that. But we're going to kick this thing off. Joe is Joe is Joe Douglas. Meigs, you are Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, and James, you are Robert Sala. We are going to kick this thing off. The Jacksonville Jaguars have taken Trevor Lawrence with the first pick in the draft. We are on the clock at two. We have Penny Sewell, obviously still on the board. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. Boys, put your pick in the in the chat and let's kick this thing off. So for me, I'm going to be frank with you guys. I think that this is an easy choice, and I would like to think that my draft season co-hosts also believe it is an easy choice. And you know what? Unanimously, they do. The pick at number two is the quarterback from Ohio State, Justin Fields. Meigs, I'm going to go to you for your for for your your quick analysis on this pick. Why Fields at two? I mean, for me, he's the perfect quarterback for my offense. He does everything I want. He controls the middle of the field. He's durable. He's an athlete. We even see in the Shanahan scheme since RG3 in Washington, and he's got twice the arm that he ever did. I really think Justin Fields is going to be a star in this town, and I can't wait to have him. Matt Bowen tweeted out something really interesting just before we came on. He said that he is seeing a lot of similarities between Justin Fields and just and and Justin Herbert from last year, just in terms of folks overthinking the scouting of these of, of these guys. Uh, we are on the clock at 23, and we have three trade offers for the 23rd pick in the in the draft. We the first offer is from the Tampa Bay Bucks, pick 32, pick 64, and pick 95. The second offer is from the Arizona Cardinals, pick 23 for pick 49 and a second and a third, and for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are offering pick 24 and pick 87 for pick 23 and 147. Guys, are we accepting any of those picks? Put them in the chat. And if we are, I will accept them and then we'll make our next pick. So we have one vote for the Bucks, and that comes from Robert's head coach, Robert Sala. Meigs also votes for the Tampa pick. So that's the, that's the offer we will accept. 
So, right, well, so hold on, hold on. I'm Joel Douglas in this situation, right? So I get to overrule any of these decisions, correct? Is that the role I'm playing here? That's that's not what Joe Douglas does. Joe Douglas <laughs> is all about collaboration. Joe Douglas is all about collaboration. So I get but, the final say, right? I know. I mean, you presented that to me, you know, early on in this whole entire thing, right? <laughs> so we have moved back to 32. So we are sitting at 32, and we've gotten two offers here. I don't think you guys are going to accept any of these, but I will pitch them to you anyway. It is. Trading 32 to 40, trading from 32 to 46 with the New England Patriots and picking up an extra second, or trading from 32 to 43 with the 49ers and picking up an extra second. The guy I, board, yeah. I, I will tell you who's on the board right now, James. Uh, the guys on the board right now are Nick Bolton from Missouri, Trevor, Trevin Mooring, the safety from TCU, Matt Jones, the quarterback from Alabama, which we would have no reason to take him, Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. Jalen Mayfield and Wyatt Davis. Those are the top six right now on the board. Are you taking any of these offers right now? Yes or no? Put well, you know, what I, you know what I want to first say? I think that staying here at 32 would be a wise decision because now we still get to retain that fifth-year option. So I'm not right. moving back any further. And okay. the guy who I'm really looking at from a Joe Douglas perspective is I'm looking at Jalen Mayfield. This okay. guy is a beast. He's an athlete. He could play in that zone scheme. He's a perfect guy to start out at right guard, slowly move him to right tackle to replace Fant in 2022. This is the guy who I'm looking at. I'm looking at style. I'm looking at the other guys in the war room. What are you guys feeling? What are you guys thinking? With Jalen Mayfield. Yep. Yep. All on okay. So, okay. So Jalen Mayfield, the offensive for Michigan is the pick and we take him at 32, which again, that's huge, right? Because you get the fifth year option. So now out of, out of the first round, we've taken, we've taken the quarterback and we've taken the right tackle that is going to bookend with Makai Becton to form one of the best duos in the league for the next 10 years. So our next, our next pick is pick 34, which is everybody considers the top of round two, just an additional an additional first rounder. The Kansas City Chiefs believe believe the same because they have made you an offer to, to go back from 34 to 53, and they give you an extra second round pick. Fellas, James, I'm going to go to you. How do you feel being on the clock at 34, trading back to 53? That's 19 spots, but potentially picking up a second rounder. Yeah, I mean... I would say I'm generally opposed to that. I would want to hear who's on the board just because I do think there's a big drop off between early second round talent and mid to late second round talent. So that's what I'm going to. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to set the table for you because I think once you hear who's on the board, I think you're going to feel comfortable staying here and not trading back. So we mentioned Zayvon Collins and Wyatt Davis who are still there. Jalen Phillips, the edge from Miami is still there. We also have Baron Browning, the linebacker from Ohio state and Hamza Nasserdine, who you and I have talked about as a really good safety fit with Marcus May and Ashton Davis or replacing Marcus May. So that's who you have on the board right now, but you'd be trading back 19 spots and picking up an extra two. Fellas, put your vote in the chat. Are we accepting this trade? Or are we staying at 34? This is an easy one for me. Yep. Okay. So we have decided to stay at 34. And we are drafting the edge from Miami, Jalen Phillips, who unanimously was the choice here. And I will tell you, we have talked about this a lot in uh, in draft season in terms of a scheme fit. Right. And again, we can kind of think of what Sal is going to do right in in this in this defense. You need that edge rusher to free up Q to get a ton of one on ones and somebody to be able to finish. Joe, what do you think of Jalen Phillips there at that pick at 41? Do you think that's good value? I think it's great value. When you think about these five tools of pass rushing, he pretty much checks them all. I mean, bends, lengths, burst, you know, everything that you want from 
uh, a stud defensive end. And he's that kind of traditional 4-3 defensive end that Sal is most likely going to be looking for, somebody who could kind of try to fill that Nick Bosa role, um, somebody with a little bit more bulk, a little bit more size. And I absolutely love this guy. I mean, he is a, I, he's a tremendous – he's a, honestly – and I, James actually was one of the first people to bring this up as him being possibly edge one. And the more I watch him, the more I'm thinking the same. So getting him right here at the second round of pick 34 – I, I think is I think would be actually a steal because I, I I think he is a first round talent and I think that's where he should go. I didn't even know he was on the board at thirty two. I might have actually taken him over Mayfield because yeah. that's how high I'm on Phillips. He's he's great. Love him. And James, James, you you alluded to that a little bit. Can you touch on that uh, real quick about your thought of you would have taken him at thirty two just to get that fifth year option? Can you talk about that a little bit? For sure. Yeah. In retrospect, I would have taken Jalen if I knew he was on the board. He's a perfect fit for my defense. Uh, and actually, when I was talking with Manny Diaz the other day, who's the Miami Hurricanes head coach, one of the things he was telling me as a tidbit about Phillips is that Jalen runs sprints with the skill position players in practice. And so Manny was telling me about how he thinks Jalen's going to clock around a 4-5, maybe sub 4-5 in the 40. And we know how quick trigger they are at these training facilities with the combine numbers. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Jalen run sub four five zero. So I think there's a perfect scheme fit. He's a great player. Really excited. I'll tell you this. If he runs a four five, pencil him into the top 32. He's not falling into round two. There's just no chance because I think what you see is exactly what you just said, James, right? Like they, they, they're very quick on the trigger. If you can clock at a four five as an edge rusher, you're bank it that you're going top 32. So yeah. we, we traded back from 23 to 32 and picked up pick 64 from the Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay, so right now we're on the clock again with our second second rounder. And on the clock right on the board right now, we have Rondell Moore from Purdue, Deontay Brown from Alabama, the guard, Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver from USC, Jabril Cox, the, la- the linebacker from LSU, and Michael Carter, the running back from North Carolina. We also have a trade offer. It is to trade back from 64 to 74 with Washington and pick up an extra fourth rounder in 2022. Let's start with the offer first. Do you guys think that we should take that or stay at 64 knowing who's on the board right now? So we have 64 and 66 right now. Yep. Javante Williams already is off the board. No, he hasn't been taken yet, but they have, he he has not been taken yet. Uh, Actually. Yes, he did get taken. He got taken a couple picks ahead. Michael Carter still on the board. The other running back from North Carolina. So we have, we have, uh, we have one vote for stay. And Mike and Meek says no trade. Joe Douglas, your staff has overruled you if you were thinking of trading back. But I think you're going to say the stay. I said the stay. Yeah. Okay. So out of Rondell Moore, Deontay Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jabril Cox, Michael Carter, and Josh Myers, the center from Ohio State, who is the pick here at 64 for you guys? Put it in the chat. I'm not surprised that 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 the head coach would try to get his rookie quarterback more weapons. I'm not surprised by that. Okay, we are unanimous in this too. Rondell Moore, wide receiver from Purdue. Meeks, tell us why you feel comfortable with Rondell Moore in this LaFleur offense. I mean, he's a yak god. That's that yak is the best friend of a rookie quarterback. And when Rondell Moore gets the ball in space, he's electric. Honestly, watch watch him at Purdue. He's the best player in the Big Ten playing for Purdue. There was a guy last year that San Francisco took, Brandon Ayuk. His route tree wasn't great, but once he gets the ball in his hands, he's electric, and look what he became. I think Rondell can really work in this offense, and the sky's the limit with him. And I and I didn't say this before we started, but I think this is this this is the perfect time to t- to to kind of mark this out, right? The Jets have the chance to add a premier wide receiver, and they did this. These are the five free agents that we signed before the draft started, right? We signed Juju Smith-Schuster, we signed Richard Sherman, 
We signed Joe Tooney. We signed, Mar- we signed Marlon Mack and we signed Jonu Smith. Those are the five free agents that, that we were given from Jets fans, right? So now you go into this season, Justin Fields throwing to Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Rondell Moore and Denzel Mims. That is a scary, scary trio for a rookie quarterback to step into with Jonu Smith and Chris Herndon. We still have a hole at running back, but the O-line is also better because we took Jalen Mayfield. We got Joe Tooney to show up the middle. Next to McGovern and Becton, that is a scary, scary good offseason for the New York Jets. So now we're picking at 66, guys. We've got one trade offer. It comes from the Cleveland Browns who offered the 89th pick to go up to 66 and a 2022 third rounder. So that, that so they've, they're giving us a 2022 third to go down 23 spots. Now, I will tell you, on the board right now, we still have Deontay Brown, right, who could show up that other guard position opposite Tooney, right? We still have Jabril Cox, who was a Joe Billick favorite, who, who Joe liked, who met, he mentioned him a couple episodes ago. Uh, we still have Brevin Jordan, the tight end from Miami, but with John U. Smith, I don't think you have to take. I don't think you have to take him there. I don't think you have to go three tight ends. You also have Rashad Weaver, the edge from Pitt, and you have Patrick Jones, the other edge from Pitt. If you wanted to double dip at edge, I'm I'm seeing what you guys are saying, and so we're not taking this Browns trade. And the pick is unanimous at Jabril Cox, linebacker from LSU. Joe, you mentioned him a couple episodes ago. Why do you like him in this Salah defense? Well, first, this defense is so thin at linebacker. I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous how thin we are. And Mosley, we don't even know what's going to happen with Mosley when he comes back. As far as Jabril Cox goes, he's a really kind of versatile linebacker. I think he's, he's very interchangeable. I think that's what Salah is looking for. I think that he probably is best on the weak side, but I could also see him kind of fitting and doing some damage on the strong side as well. And I think we all mentioned before that Salah is kind of this linebacker whisperer. And I think that he would just do wonders with, with Cox. And he excels in coverage. He's very athletic. And he's really a beast. If you put on the film, he really stands out. And I think in this particular section, round three, um, I think is a, is a good you know, moment to address that particular position. And even the 49ers kind of don't really go with while Salah was there, didn't really pick a lot of guys you know, early on. This is kind of the range they went. Fred Warner was a third round pick. They found Drake Greenlaw in the fifth round. So I think this is a good place to target him. I think this is something that Salah would actually do. And like I said, I think that he would be a really good fit in this defense. And I'm actually really excited to see C.J. Mosley come back. I, I think that, again, the last time he played, he was the, the Jets' best defensive player on the field. And he's had a year to kind of recuperate from bumps and bruises, so to speak. The cap hit is too crazy for you to cut him right now, but you get his heir apparent here in round three. So now we're now onto the Seattle pick, the, 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 the Seahawks' first third rounder that they gave us for, for Jamal Adams. It is pick 86. The Denver Broncos have offered us pick 114, pick 153, and a 2022 fourth rounder for 86 and 249. On the board right now, we have Walker Little, the offensive tackle from Stanford, who a lot of people talked about going in the top 60 last year, went back to went back to school. We have Jackson Carmen, the offensive tackle from Clemson, if you wanted to double dip at offensive tackle. We also have Greg Newsom, cornerback from Northwestern. And now, keep in mind, we signed Richard Sherman, but the corner room is very, very thin. Very, very thin. Uh, Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Mississippi. Or... Quinn Mirners, the offensive center from Wisconsin Whitewater. So are we taking this pick knowing, are we taking this trade knowing what we have on the board? I already see that Matt, that, that LaFleur has said that he has a player that he is targeting. I also see that Robert Sala has a player that he is targeting. So I'm going to assume we're not accepting this trade. Joe Douglas, do you agree with their pick? Listen, um, I do. I, I, did you say Greg Newsom? Yes. 
Yes, um, I love Greg Newsom. I think he's a perfect fit for the zone. He's great in cover three. He's got tremendous instincts. He's one of the smartest people you'll find on the field. I'm just questioning how realistic it is that Newsom was actually going to fall to the spot. But since the, the mock simulator gave him to us, it's like a gift. I This yeah. could be possibly be the steal of draft. So I'm all over this. If this actually happens on draft day, I mean, we we should freak out because it would be yeah. an amazing thing. <laughs> James, Greg Newsom was a guy you mentioned in episode seven. So this was three, four episodes ago, about a month ago. This was before we even got to the point. They're now talking about him as a top 60 prospect, right? Like, so you were ahead of the curve here. What did, and this is not Northwestern bias, folks. James said this even before. Northwestern hasn't even given him his degree yet. So there's no bias here. James, what did you, what did you like about Newsom, especially in this fit for, for Robert Salas defense? Well, I think he's a perfect fit for this defense. I think he's similar to Bryce Hall in that he has a lot of experience in off coverage, but I think one of the differentiating factors is how good he is down the field. And when I'm looking for somebody who's a good culture fit and a good uh, scheme fit, I think Newsom is both, and I'm really excited to add him to this team. Yeah, and I, I think what you, what the Jets have struggled in, uh, over the years to do is prepare for guys leaving, guys retiring, right? Richard Sherman is older. He's up there in age, right? Still productive, but up there in age. If you signed him to a one- or two-year deal, you need to start preparing for life after him as well. And you have Newsom and Hall in that corner room. I think those are two good young corners. So we are now picking at 95. We have one trade offer coming in from the, from the Cincinnati Bengals. They have offered us pick 111 and pick 150. Uh, and the players available right now on the board, again, Walker Little still on the board from Stanford. Jackson Carmen from Clemson, if you wanted to double dip at, at tackle. You have uh, Talanoa Hufanga, safety from USC, who, again, when you're looking at the 49ers defense, right, they did not hesitate to use three safety looks. So you have him there. Uh, you also have Deo Odeyangbo, the edge from Vanderbilt. And you have Trey Sermon, the Justin Fields' is running back from college, still on the board. Are you taking this trade or are you sticking at 95? What are you guys thinking? Well, I'm going to first say that I'm taking Trey Sermon here all day, every day. I think getting him, is this the fourth round now, DA? Yeah. Yep. Is an absolute steal. I mean, I think, I think when it's all said and done, Trey Sermon might be one of the best, if not the best running back in this entire draft class. Matching him up with Justin Fields would be an absolute dream. dream. He has familiarity in inside zone and outside zone. He's one of the best runners that I've seen in this class. The fact that he's not being talked about a a lot is kind of egregious. And for him to be a fourth round pick, and he actually very well might be, would be, again, like I said, an absolute steal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we have we have Joe Douglas and LaFleur both saying they want Trey Sermon, but Robert Sala does not want Trey Sermon. James, talk a little bit about why you would not take him here, even though he is going to be the pick because the majority ruled. Talk a little bit why you why you don't like him as the pick. Sure. Well, it's nothing against him, but if we're implementing an outside zone bootleg offense, we need running backs who are fast. Running backs who can run 4-4-0 or faster. And Trey Sermon is not that guy. I think Trey Sermon, according to my internal sources at Ohio State, he's running around a 4-5-4 right now. And that's just not going to cut it in this offense. And 
Um, you know, I want better for Mike. I want better for little Mikey. So uh, I wish we would take a faster running back here, but I was overruled. So it is what it is. I, I think I, you know, just to, you know, balance that out a little bit. You don't really need guys who run four four to run outside zone. You look at Arian Foster ran like a four six eight. What you really need is some guy who has vision and that one cut ability. And Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon has that in spades. I think this we're kind of being a little led astray by this whole notion of you need like these four sub four four guys to run this kind of outside zone scheme. There are plenty of guys, including Dalvin Cook and a whole bunch, of, and, and Nick Chubb, who run outside zone who aren't these four four guys. I think that's something that's kind of being perpetuated by, you know, people who are very in tune with this whole 49ers outside zone run scheme. And there's, I, to be honest with you, I just don't think there's a lot of truth to it. What you really need to do is stay ahead of your blocks, see what's going on, read the field, make the cut, get downhill. And Trey Sermon does that better than almost anybody in this entire class. Meigs, this was you, you, you were the tiebreaker as the offensive play caller here. What did you like about Sermon in this particular offense? And for me, I very much like the, that you give Justin Fields almost somebody who he's familiar with, which is which is good, right? Um, but I I tend to lean a little bit more towards what Robert Salas slash, slash James Coons is saying in terms of I would like a little bit more juice from my running back position. However, Trey Sermon showed ample juice versus Clemson. So, Meigs, what, what, what are you thinking in terms? Because you also wanted Sermon here at this pick. Oh, you're on mute, Meeks. You're Sorry. on mute. So I really like Trey Sermon, and um, I think like this whole the Shanahan Kubiak tree stands for Mike, not Kyle. And as much as I love Kyle, we've seen running backs run this this system to a great effect that were slower. I mean, look at what my brother in Green Bay is doing. Jamal Williams is a four-five guy. Aaron Jones is a four-five guy, and they run that scheme very well. And I think Sermon fits that perfectly. And also, I know we want remember a little juice. I want some violent runners. I want someone who's going to take three guys to tackle them. And I like that change of pace that Trey Sermon gives us if we're going to have Ty Johnson being our speed guy. Right. And I think, I mean, and we added Marlon Mack in the offseason, right? So you go Marlon Mack, Trey Sermon, Ty Johnson, not LaMichael Pirine. Not LaMichael Pirine in this situation. I think it could work. Uh, we are now on the board at pick 147. Uh, it is the fifth round. And we have a trade offer, but I'm going to tell you who's on the board first before I tell you the trade offer. So we have Kylan Hill, running back from Mississippi State, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, we have Jared Patterson, running back from Buffalo, who I'm also a big fan of. Uh, we have Khalil Herbert, also running back from Virginia Tech. So we have a bunch of running backs still on the board. Overall, we have Chauncey Golston, the edge from Iowa. Caden Stearns, the safety from Texas. David Moore, the guard from Grambling State. Paulson Adebo, the cornerback from Stanford, who I love. Who I, who I love. I'm a big fan of his game. And Marvin Wilson, the D tackle from Florida State. So those that's who's on the board. But the offer we have is to go back 13 picks with the Chargers and get pick 160, pick 200, and pick 206 for our 147th pick and 249, which is our pick in the seventh round. Guys, what are you thinking in terms of that trade? I like that trade. You get three picks for two. You only go back 13 spots. Um, but I think I think it's a good move considering who's still on the board. There's still a lot of talent on the board. We have Robert Salad thinks that we should take it. So does Joe Douglas. So we will accept that trade. So now we fall back from 147 to 160. James, before we get to that pick, what do you think of the draft class so far that we've, what do you think of the draft class in combination with the free agency class? What do you think so far? I think it's shaping up really nicely. Um, we've gotten a lot of really good scheme fits. And I think we've gotten a lot of good culture fits. So I think as we move into the back part of the draft, I'm just kind of looking to stockpile more defensive talent and kind of get some good value picks here. And I actually like that you say that because now we're on the board now that we've traded back and 
Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle from Florida State, who before the draft, before the before the season, was being talked about as a top sixty prospect in this class. And when you talk about this Robert Sala defense, you've gotten him the edge. You have Quentin Williams adding a beast there like Marvin Wilson. I think could be really good. So you have him there. You also have the running backs that I mentioned. They're still on the board. You have Diamondor Lenore, the cornerback from Oregon, who again, if you wanted to double dip at corner, you could do that. Um, and you also have Robert Jones, the guard from Middle Tennessee, who I really believe is going to shoot up some boards. Um, so are we are okay? And the pick is in. It is Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle from Florida State. Again, I think this is a really good pick. You've added Jalen Phillips. You add Marvin Wilson, Quinton Williams, the law firm of John Franklin Myers. That front four now becomes really really scary. And then you have. You know, you have C.J. Mosley in the middle. Jalen Phillips, again, you move him around as a piece. I think it could work. So we're on the clock again on the board here. Kerry Vincent Jr., cornerback from LSU. Trey McKitty, tight end from Georgia, if you wanted to add a young tight end. Trey Hill, the center from Georgia, if you wanted to add some interior beef. Janarius Robinson, the edge from Florida State. Or Benjamin St. Juice, the cornerback from Minnesota, who a lot of folks have been talking about as a potential scheme fit for, for, for Robert Sala. No trade offers have come in. Put your picks in the chat, guys. I And I will say Sage Surratt, the wide receiver from Wake Forest, is also still available here. Uh, Cornell Powell went five picks before. That's a really good question, LaFleur. <laughs> that is a James Coons favorite. Also, he went five picks before. Um, we also have Demir Hamlin, the safety from Pitt. I wouldn't mind double dipping potentially at court. Is Ambry Thomas still available? He went, he went to pick before. Pick oh, before. man, we should have traded back. Oh, bad move, guys. The war room is going crazy right now. The war room is going crazy. That was, that pick was that right before this. That was a Joe oh. Douglas favorite. So what are we thinking, guys? We have one vote for the cornerback from Minnesota, St. Juice, who, again, I've seen some film of him, and I've seen some breakdown of him. I, I, I like this kid in, at, this, at this point. Eric Crocker also likes him, which – Means a lot to me because Eric Crocker was kind of dope in the 90s, right? So he's kind of a good player. Um, what about Trill Williams? Trill Williams on the board? No. No me. more Trill Williams either? Come no, on. No, no, uh, on right, I'll go with whatever the other war room decided because those were my <laughs> two guys I'd wanted right here. All right. So we are going. We are, we are going to take the cornerback from Minnesota, Benjamin St. Juice, which means we've now added another corner to this room, right? So we have Newsom, we have St. Juice, we have Bryce Hall, and we have Richard Sherman. That is not a bad cornerback group. Uh, so we're barreling towards the end of this draft. We have two more rounds to go. I got to tell you guys, you guys have done a really, really good job of adding weapons for Justin Fields, rebuilt that interior offensive line, adding Jalen Mayfield. I want to go back to this point you guys made initially uh, regarding Jalen Phillips and how if you guys had known he was on the board at 32, you would have taken him at 32. Meeks, you are a big, you are a big edge guy just overall. And you are of the belief that like, listen, you get some talent in there and let Salah just move him around. How do you like Jalen Phillips' fit as a movable piece in this defense? I really like Jalen Phillips. And um, if there wasn't the UCLA questions about what ended there and also the rumors that he's one concussion away from quitting football again, I think he'd be edge one. I think he'd be a top 15 lock. And if he's going to fall to that second pick, I think that's really where he's worth it. And I think he's so talented. I think you can move him around. And if he, if everything's right with him mentally and off the field, he's going to be a star. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So round six is where, where no trade offer has come, has come in. And this is where the dart throws come in, right? We had kind of jokingly said, like, do they take a kicker at this point? Right? Because is that is this the, the route that you go? And I will tell you, my guy from the U, Jose Burgales, is available here right at this pick. And we all agreed 
that if he was on the board in round six, he was the guy we were going to take. So I'm not even going to ask for your pick. That is the pick. He were adding. He is a jacked kicker. A year after taking Braden, man, we add the kicker of the future, who again, James said this before we came on, guys. He was watching James Morgan, and he could not take his eyes off his off the kicker, who eventually transferred to the University of Miami. I think also one of the things that we're seeing Joe Douglas do, and you kind of saw this with, you know, the Braden Man pick. And I know, you know, our friends at the at the X Factor have hyped Braden Man to be this all pro, you know, punter or whatever, and that's not the case. But the good teams are able to identify kickers and punters really, really late in the draft and then have them be there for 10 years, right? That's kind of the thing. You don't see kickers go in round two or round three. Like, you identify them late because the belief is that, again, the game has changed so much when it comes to special teams. You want to have youth there. You want to have guys that can grow and guys that aren't going to be expensive. And so now, a year after getting us Braden Mann, Joe Douglas gets us our kicker. So now, we are at pick 200, guys. We have two more picks left in this – or three more picks in this draft. Now, here's who is available now. We have Derek Barnes, the linebacker from Purdue. Javion Hawkins, the running back from Louisville. Just Joshua Kando, the edge from Florida State. Alaric Jackson, the tackle from Iowa, if you wanted to double dip at tackle. And Riley Cole, the linebacker from South Alabama. So this is really a chance for, for us to start to fortify this team. I like Alaric Jackson from Iowa. I think that if I was going to double dip, I'd like to add another offensive lineman. He has some guard flexibility. What are you guys thinking in terms of a dart throw here for that? Or I will say the name that is still left is Errol Thompson, the linebacker from Mississippi State, who, again, has some coverage ability, but will probably fall into round six or seven. What are you guys thinking? I like Alara Jackson, but where are you thinking? Joe, I'll go to you. Uh, there is no trade back offer. Nobody wants to trade up right now. Uh, what, are you, what are you thinking? Meigs, you're saying a dart throw at a premium position. Joe, what are you thinking? Well, I wouldn't mind adding another player to the running back room. I think Javian Hawkins is perfect for this outside zone scheme. He's a nice change of pace back. He's really dynamic. I actually think he's another guy who's probably going to go a lot sooner than this. But if he was here in the sixth round, again, I, man, I don't think I would hesitate to take him. I, I think that he would add another dimension to that run game that you don't really get possibly from Trey Sermon and the other guys. And I love this guy. I, I, I think he would be my pick here. Yep. Uh, so, J James, I knew that's the route you were going to go. So I did you a favor, buddy. And I took Kando with the next with the next six rounder that we got. <laughs> so that's what I did. So we took we took uh, the running back at, at 200. So we added him and we added Kando the edge it, with the with the other six round pick that we picked up. Remember, in the trade with the Chargers, they gave us two extra sixes. So we were able to add that. So now we are barreling towards. Actually, guys, we did it. That is the end of the draft because we don't have a seventh rounder. We included it in the Chargers trade. Uh, so let's look at this draft class with about five minutes to go. James, I will start with you as Robert Sala. How do you feel about the draft class as a whole when you compare it to what we added in free agency? Do you feel like we've addressed enough needs where you feel comfortable going into the season? Yes, I do think we've addressed enough needs. Um, I think one of the defining aspects of the draft class is that we have a lot of developmental players, I would say. I would put Mayfield in that category. I would say Phillips is uh, Phillips and Moore both have injury question marks, which is why we were able to get them in the early second and mid second, respectively. And um, I think it represents kind of a draft class in the mold of Joe Douglas. And so far as there is some risk, there's some perceived risk, but at the same time, there's a lot of upside. And um, overall, I'm very happy with it. I think, uh, yeah, I'm feeling good about my job security right now. There we go. And again, Justin Fields gets Rondale Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Denzel Mims. That is a very good trio. And John Smith. Meigs, as the offensive play caller, 
How do you feel about how you've set up your rookie quarterback here to succeed? He's set up much better than the last rookie quarterback that the Jets have. And if you don't, if you don't look at your history, you're bound to repeat it. So I think we did a really good job making sure Justin in year one is in a good spot and that we can only get better and better as his career goes along. Joe Douglas, Joseph Bellick, I'm going to go to you because we took Jalen Mayfield at 32, who you are very high on, right? We passed on Wyatt Davis, who you also are high on, right? So we passed on Davis. We left Deontay Brown, big fella in the middle that's dying to play with Makai Beckton. We left him on the board as well. But Jalen Mayfield is almost the... I don't want to say the afterthought because you got your quarterback and Rondell Moore, you took two picks after, but Jalen Mayfield is going to be the guy that when you add Joe Tooney, right, you have Connor McGovern Mayfield's the one that's going to have so much pressure on him as the rookie on this line. How do you feel about adding him at 32? Keep the fifth, get the fifth year option with him. Do and him protecting Justin Fields with Makai Beckton? How do you like those two going forward? I, I absolutely love this. The offensive line is shaping out beautifully. You have Beckton on one side and you got Tooney, you got McGovern in the middle, who I think is going to rebound. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think this is actually a perfect scheme for him. I think it was tough for him last year, working with five new guys at that center position with all the responsibilities that they have. You saw him acclimate a little bit as the season went on with a little bit better guard play. Now putting Tooney next to him and now Mayfield, who I would start at right guard in that position. And now you have Fant, who's also good in the outside zone scheme. I think that Fields and whatever whatever quarterback we end up having, maybe Watson, that would be amazing, are going to look at these guys up front and feel very comfortable with where they're going forward. And I'm, I'm stoked. I think that this is uh, shaping out to be the offensive line that we all envisioned we would have one day, you know, even for Sam Darnold. And wherever Sam is, I'm sure he's looking at this and being like, what the? You know, <laughs> where, where were those guys for me? What's going on over here? So if Rapid. it's Fields or Watson or, or even potentially Wilson – uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the protection that we've given him today on this draft night. So rapid, rapid fire real quick before we go. James, I'll start with you. Favorite prospect that you got in this class? Go. Greg Newsom. We got a potential top 45 pick in the late third round. Joe, who's your favorite prospect out of, out of this class that we got? I'd go Phillips or, but you know what? Tracer, I, mean, I think could be the steal of the draft. Meigs, favorite, favorite, favorite pick out of this class? Rondell Moore. I think he's got a chip on the shoulder and I think he's coming for blood. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that my favorite is actually Marvin Wilson from FSU. I think that Marvin Wilson at this late is a steal on that defensive line with Jalen Phillips, with Quinn and Williams and with John Franklin Myers. That is a scary front four with CJ Mosley cleaning up the spots. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode 10 season six of draft season on presented by Turn on the Jets Digital. This is our first of many mock drafts. I think we hit it out the park. If this, if the Jets walked out with this come May, I think we'd be set up for some long-term success. Guys, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Happy Sunday. Well, by the time you hear this, it'll be Wednesday. And uh, we'll see you guys next week, all right?